Good morning. I'm so happy that my wife Joy and I can be with you today. I would like uh, to thank uh, Pastor Blake for uh, this opportunity to fill the pulpit here at Hope Presbyterian Church. It is a great uh, privilege and honor for me. Uh, Pastor Blake shared with me that he is currently preaching from the book of First uh, John, and uh, asked me to teach on the subject on a subject that John addresses in his first letter. One of the central verses that John writes in his message to the Christian believers is found in verse nine of the first chapter, which which uh, says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Today, I would like for us to look at the words of Christ to his disciples and to us in the Lord's prayer on the subject of forgiveness, which are found in Matthew chapter 6 verses 12, 14, and 15, which we will read together later. Through the sermon, we'll focus on three questions. Who are we? What do we need? And how have we been changed? But before expanding on these questions, Let me share with you what I believed about forgiveness before I surrendered my life and my heart to Christ. 99% of my country is Muslim. According to Islam, human beings were not spiritually affected by Adam's sin. They believe that a person is born with an instinct for righteousness. And if he commits a sin, that is the result, the result of the influence of an external force, the power of Satan, and not coming from his inner self. Therefore, there is no need to change oneself. Works in Islam have a great importance as a means of obtaining forgiveness. One of the greatest deeds by which a Muslim obtains forgiveness when the God of Islam raises his sins is jihad, or fighting for holy causes in Islam. Another means of obtaining forgiveness is to be a martyr for the cause of Islam. Keeping the obligations in Islam of prayer five times a day, pilgrimage to Mecca, Saudi Arabia, giving alms to the poor, and fasting the months of Ramadan are always for one to gain forgiveness. The God of Islam weighs Muslims' deeds in a balance to find whose good deeds outweigh the bad ones. However, even after all this means of working out their salvation, a Muslim has no way of knowing whether he or she will be accepted into paradise by the God of Islam until the day of judgment, 
Because even their prophet, Muhammad, himself said he did not know what would happen to him on this day. On the contrary, we found in the Holy Bible that God sees sin as completely different from what was said in Islam. Christianity does not suppose that all humans are born good and without sin. But we are born into sin. Islam views sin as an accidental act, while Christianity firstly views sin as a condition, and secondly, as an act. Therefore, we are not considered sinners because we sin. But because we are born into sin. Islam views sin as, uh, Islam views, as I said, as an accident act. But secondly, but, uh, uh, but, views, uh, but Christianity uh, views uh, sins as a condition and secondly and as an act. Therefore, we are not considered sinners because we commit sins, but rather we commit sins because we are originally sinful, as we read in Psalms 51, verse 5. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin did, did my mother conceive me. We have an innate propensity to commit sin whenever the opportunity arises for us to do so. There are also major contrasts between Christianity and Islam in, uh, in how humans deal with other humans' sin against them. In Islam, only God has the right to forgive a person. As for a Muslim, he or she merely excuses the wrong committed against him. This is the opposite of what we know about forgiveness in Christianity. We are all called to, to live in forgiveness. Isn't that right? Where would we be without God's forgiveness of us? Where would we be if our sins were not forgiven? If Jesus hadn't carried our sins to the cross and we remained under the penalty of sin, we couldn't dare even address God in prayer to ask, for his forgiveness. However, Christ did come as the atonement for our sins, and he restored our relationship with the Father, giving us access to come to him in prayer. In fact, Christ taught his disciples how to make requests in prayer to the Father, and one of the petitions that is found in Lord's Prayer is a request for forgiveness. Please open with me in the Bible to Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 12, followed by verses 14 and 15. If you are able, I would like to ask you to stand as I read God's uh, word. This is an authoritative uh, word without any error, and it is for our good. This is the word of the Lord, starting in verse 12. And forgive us our debts, 
as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now skipping down to verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Let us ask the Lord to bless the teaching of his word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, help us to hear your word. And while we are listening to your word, allow us to accept it with joy, conviction, and faith. Lord, encourage us where encouragement is needed. Heal hurts where there are wounds from the past and bring correction where it is needed in our lives. We turn to you for mercy, grace, and hope, praying this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. You might be seated. In the Bible, the word forgiveness means covering of sins, or atonement for sins. It was used for the first time in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, verse 14, when God gave his instructions to make the ark. Make for yourself an ark of gopher wood. You shall make the ark with rooms and shall cover it inside and out with pitch. In the New Testament, the term was used to mean to atone for sins by the blood of Christ. So, forgiveness means to cover our sins with the blood of Christ's atonement. In fact, when we consider the topic of forgiveness in the Bible, it becomes clear to us that Christ is the reason for the forgiveness of our sins because he atoned for them by his death on the cross. This truth was revealed to the Apostle John as he wrote in 1 John chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. If anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. My Muslim friends who are searching for the truth usually ask me, why doesn't God forgive without an atonement? Why do we need a mediator between us and God? I answer them, that there is a deep gulf or canyon that separates God and us because of our sin. The Bible describes sin as a transgression against God's law, as we read in 1 John chapter 3, verse 4. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. 
God hates sin. And it stands between us all and God. Do you remember our three questions? Our first question that we will examine today is, who are we? If there is one thing you have in common with every person on earth throughout history, it is this, that we are all, without exceptions, sinners. We are all sinners, no matter our background, no matter what, what century we lived in, no matter our race, no matter our story. We are all, without exception, sinners. And we live with other sinners in this world. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 3, verses, verse 10, there is none righteous, not even one. He goes on to, uh, on to say in verse 23 of the same chapter, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We live in the chaos of sin, and we are called daily to repent and seek forgiveness. This is why Jesus teaches us to pray, forgive us our debts. Why are we called daily to repentance and forgiveness? Jesus didn't want us to forget that day by day we are in need of forgiveness. And yet, as sons of Adam, we do not want to admit that we are sinners. Let's look at an example. Perhaps you argue with your best friend, your fiancé, or your spouse. You are standing in the kitchen together, two feet apart, standing with your backs opposite to each other, and you are both thinking the same thing. It is better for the other person to admit their mistake first. A wife thinks it is better for her husband to confess his sins first, while a husband thinks it is better that his wife first admits her sins to him. You are two feet apart, but you feel like you are 100 miles away because no one is willing to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Asking forgiveness in the Lord's prayer acknowledges the fact that we sin every day and therefore we need mercy every day. The verse says, and forgive us our debts. Why does it begin with the word and? Because it follows the request for daily bread. When we pray for our daily bread, for our bodies, we also need to pray for daily forgiveness of our sins. Can you even start counting the number and severity of your sins? Think of the sins you have committed intentionally, sins 
of commission, which God commanded us not to do. All the people you have sinned against, all the lust and greed that your heart has embraced, but don't just think about the sins you committed intentionally, but even think about the sins you committed unintentionally or sins of omission. This is why we need to be reminded to ask for forgiveness daily. My second question today is, what do we all need? What do we all need? We need the two words that Jesus taught us. Forgive us. Yes, forgive us. Jesus Christ died for sinners. He took our place on the cross and shed his blood for the forgiveness of sins. He bore our sins on his body and was completely satisfactory to meet God's judgment. Therefore, the penalty for sin that stood against us has been erased. The debt has been paid in full. God's word says in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions, having cancelled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed, nailed it to the cross. There is a question you might uh, ask when you look at the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Why do we as Christians need to pray to God to forgive us our sins? If God has already abolished the debts, and if he has already washed away and forgiven our sins, then why do we have to pray every day and say, Lord, forgive us our sins? This is the reason. Because we still sin. But we can also wonder if all our sins that are in the past, present, and the future are forgiven, why should we daily pray for forgiveness? Jesus gave a perfect example in John chapter 13, when he was with his disciples and wanted to teach them how to serve one another. He also wanted to give them a lesson on what kind of death he would die. He took a towel, towel and wrapped it around his waist and a bowl of water and bent down on his knees, beginning to wash the feet of his disciples. When he reached Peter, Peter resisted and did not allow Jesus to, watch, to wash his feet. This is what John described in chapter 13, verse 8, with the words. Peter said to him, Never shall you wash my feet. Jesus answered him, 
If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. In other words, Peter, you need a Savior to wash you. Following in verses 9 and 10, it says, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, then wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He who has bathed needs only to wash his feet, but it is completely clean, and you are clean. In other words, Jesus was saying, You are pure, Peter, but you still need me to wash your feet. You need daily forgiveness to be cleansed. Yes, you are indeed pure, but need this daily washing. In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus tells us that uh, we need forgiveness daily. Yes, we need to be continually sanctified. How can this process of sanctification happen? We need to pray for grace daily. We need to pray for forgiveness daily and not be reconciled to God, but to have true fellowship and a strong relationship with Him. Our last question today is, how have we been changed? In the Lord's Prayer, Jesus teaches us to pray like this. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. It means that he expects people whose sins have been forgiven to forgive others of their sins, as well as ask for forgiveness from others when they sin against them. Jesus expands this idea further in verses 14 and 15. Let us listen to these verses again. If you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. These verses can make us somewhat nervous, right? Uh, Many Christians are confused by Jesus' words here in verses 14 and 15. Because if we are not careful on first reading or on superficial reading, it might appear that Jesus contradicts the rest of the Bible and encourages that by works we will be saved. It is easy to misread Jesus' words here as if he were saying, If you pressure yourself with good deeds to forgive others, you will be saved. Is this what Jesus means? Of course not. Jesus is not setting up a spiritual exchange here whereby sinners gain God's forgiveness by forgiving others. Remember, Jesus is addressing us as Christians in this text, teaching us about our growth in Christian maturity. It does not explain how sinners are justified before God. He talks to Christians about our spiritual 
growth. He teaches us that if we harden our hearts and refuse to forgive others, refusing to show mercy to those who have offended us, we will remain under the discipline of our Father. Now tell me, is there a child who wants to live under the discipline of his father when he can live under the pleasure of his father? If a person who, who, who has tasted God's mercy deeply and at the same time trusts in Christ, yet remains neither merciful nor forgiven, he or she will be disciplined by God as a son or daughter and will feel his dissatisfaction. On, on the contrary, those who know that God has shown them great mercy will show great mercy to others. Let me say that again. Those who know that God has shown them great mercy will show great mercy to others. Knowing God's mercy, which you receive through Christ, will make you a forgiven person. For there are no good works that justify us before God. It, it is only the grace of God that glorifies Him. God's good deeds, such as the forgiveness of those who have sinned against us, are the evidence that grace is bestowed upon him who has been greatly forgiven. A person who has been forgiven a lot must be willing to forgive others. But it all must begin with a knowledge of God's forgiveness of us through Jesus Christ. Oh, you, oh, oh, you who do not believe in Christ yet, Please listen to me. Through Jesus Christ, God presents to you the most amazing thing. He gives you forgiveness of your sins, a clean conscience, and right relationship with Him. This mercy He offers to everyone who believes in, in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the only Son of God who took on the sin of those who trust in him and covered their sin by his blood, satisfy, satisfying God the Father's wrath and judgment. I urge you to trust in him today to receive this forgiveness. There are those listening who believe in Christ and are struggling with a certain sin. You who know Christ but feel ashamed because there is a sin in your life that keeps coming back and haunting you. I encourage you to pray daily the words that Jesus taught in the Lord's Prayer. Forgive us our debts. As in the story of the prodigal son that Jesus taught us in Luke 15, the Lord accepts us with great mercy and restores, and restores us to him by his grace. Sisters and brothers in Christ, perhaps you may think that God cannot forgive you 
for a certain sin because it is too great. But I encourage you to believe his promise that he is ready to forgive you if you ask him. God will, will forgive you, not because he is obligated to do so, but by his great love, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for us, and by his blood, he forgave our sins. Lastly, if you are hurt by someone else's sin and are struggling to forgive them, I would urge you to meditate on the words of our Savior Jesus Christ when he was dying on the cross in Luke chapter 23, verses 34. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. It is amazing that Jesus was able to ask for forgiveness to the Father on behalf of those who were crucifying him. How can his example of forgiveness change our unforgiveness toward others? Let me close with a story. In one of the uh, seminars uh, where uh, I taught about forgiveness in one of the house churches in our country, there was a woman who was vocal about her struggle with the principles of forgiveness. She often argued that it was too difficult for someone to forgive the great hurt they had suffered so many years ago. I understood from her arguments that she was also suffering from the bitterness of unforgiveness, although she did not say so directly. Six months later, I was invited back to the same house church to teach about communication. Before I started teaching, this woman came with her disciple and said to me, Thank you very much, Brother Salim, for the teaching you did last time. You helped me so much in my life. I was eager to know what exactly had happened to what happened, so I dared to ask her, Could you please explain to me more? Grabbing her disciple's hand, she replied, Thank you for the teaching about forgiveness. I have been able to forgive someone who has hurt me so badly in my life. Now, in this moment, I am praying that I can forgive someone else who has hurt me. You see, forgiveness is not easy. And yet the Lord gives us grace to forgive if we only ask him. It may not be immediate, and oftentimes it is a process. But what he asks of us, the Lord is able and willing to provide his sufficient grace to do. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, I pray that you will allow me and my brothers and sisters in Christ in this place today to believe that your grace is sufficient. We ask you for mercy to forgive us of our sins 
and trust that you will give it to us. Please teach us how to forgive those who offend us, whether Christians or non-Christians. We also pray for those who have not yet trust in Christ, that you will grant them faith and repentance of sins. We pray all this in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.